sometimes you examine a term and realize that though you've used it before, you never really thought about how great a term it is. And I'm terrified just, about where this is going. Just, it kind of it happens to me sometimes. Like, you, uh-huh. know, you go over the word dictator, and you're like, wow, that word is dick and tater. That's that's not the word I'm talking about, though. I was just... <laughs> that's also super not the etymology, but carry on. Yeah, it, uh, well, it probably is. Uh, <laughs> I, I was the other day realizing how much I love the term gross incompetence. Because we don't really use gross <laughs> in any other, in that way, anywhere else, right? It's just for incompetence. And it implies that we're, like, disgusted by how incompetent... <laughs> Something is. Now, I don't know why I'd be thinking about the term <laughs> gross incompetence. Anyways, let's yeah, move Max, on. Really, We're watching another really one with your smartphone. I have no idea why that would come to your mind when watching this particular show. Uh, so, um, <laughs> why don't we just jump right in? I'm okay. sure everyone is just on the edge of their seats waiting to find out what happened after last episode's cliffhanger. <laughs> Oh, I promise you'll be so disappointed. <laughs> was it even a cliffhanger? No, it wasn't. The cliff was like, like a three feet off. It was like well, a ledge hanger transition. at best. <laughs> great transition. Dylan, you want to recap us on last episode real quick? Okay. Uh, yeah, so general gist of what happened last episode. Um, Toya went and... Um, let me just check my... Extensive notes. Oh my god! Do, uh, I to, do I have to hold it down for no, you? it's great. I got it. Oh my god! Um, so we, professional. <laughs> we are introduced to the idea of demi-humans, um, which immediately gets brought up in this episode. Um, kind of. Uh, it's Toya really invents shogi. <laughs> so Toya invents shogi. Yep. And that's a really big deal. Uh. <laughs> Okay, it's been, like, two weeks because Max decided it would be a good idea to cut up his leg. You're gonna gonna out me? He thought it'd be fun to walk on a pier and then fall. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hurry up the recap! Toya invents Shogi. Uh, We learned that Toya has a search spell, which is overpowered. Um... They fight this weird glowing blue bug monster with this red core, and uh, Toya, through his knowledge of shogi, figures out that the way to beat it is to apport the red core out of it. Yup, remember, Dylan, shogi is what <laughs> let them win. Right, so shogi is what let them win because shogi is very important. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, all of that happens. Yeah, well, then, and then the cliffhanger is just that Toya goes back to the Dukes, and the Duke is like coming out in his carriage, he's like, Come with me. It's great. What a happy coincidence. You're here. My brother just got sick and you can cure all diseases. Right. Uh, so we jump right in at that point uh, on this episode. We start in the carriage on the way to the king. We get some dumb exposition, some of which we already have. It's just he. the only thing we didn't have is that he says the crown will go to the youngest daughter, which is like never relevant again. But we're not in the conversation section yet. Then you get intro. Yeah, actually, hold on. We meet. We meet this. <laughs> we meet. Oh, Count Balsa on the stairs. Ooh, uh-huh. Something's off about this guy. We'll, we'll get he to that. He looks like a toad. <laughs> Toya, Toya cures the king immediately. Everyone acts like it's tense and it's not. There's a bunch of. Actually, dumb... I just want to say this because I think it's important. Count Balsa is the first 
non-conventionally attractive person that we see. He's not attractive, but like he's the first person who's just not precisely anime attractive. Yes, exactly. Uh, come on, we're not in discussion second. We can go over all this in just a second. Okay, yeah. Uh, okay, he cures the king. Everyone's super tense, even though it's not. There's a bunch of dumb interactions where, like, the mage falls in love with him right away and the, the daughter falls in love with him right away, which is a whole gross thing that we'll get into. Um, there's, there's a mystery, quote-unquote, that Toya solves in literally two seconds and then takes 15 minutes to do a stupid, dumb reveal that is awful. In my notes, it just says, long, dumb reveal that I hate. <laughs> there's a big tea party with the duke and the king and the princess says Toya will be your husband Toya does his dumb what except this time it's reasonable because she's a fucking child um, she is older than the other person who's yeah don't remind me for <laughs> everyone's like and then all the king and the duke they're like yeah do that and he's like nah wait till 18 and they're like okay we're sending our daughter to live with you for two years until you're 18 <laughs> and I just, hey, that's how engagement works not, right we're not a discussion yet. I gotta keep reminding myself. All right. Then they sit at the hotel like they always do. They go hunt some magic gorillas. No, you forgot. You forgot a really important part. Please tell me. He talks to God. Fuck! I did. He he talks to God. He complains basically to God. We'll get to that. It's it's. I love that scene so much. It's the Unironi- only good part of this I episode. Unironically, love that scene. Uh, he okay after they fight magic gorillas. Uh. Toya summons a big tiger who's a god. The tiger tests his magic juice, and it's ridiculous. So now Toya is like the tiger's master, as there's a pact or something. Then it turns into a kitten, and there's a dumb anime scene where they're like, ah, kitten, and that's it. <sighs> I personally was very surprised when it turned out that Toya had a lot of magical power. <laughs> Me too, too. I was, I was like, like, it'd be like, you know, when, there's, when you just make it into the gas station, you know? I thought it was going right, to be yeah. a, a, like... Oh, like, oh, I don't think I, I don't know if I should, I'm not going to say that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what right. level I should say that. All so, right, <laughs> where, the, to begin, there's nothing to say about the pre-intro sequence. Like, they're just sitting in the carriage, him and the Duke. Like, it's not even, like, funny boring. It's just boring, boring. The, so the one thing is that they set up this premise that the king is poisoned, uh-huh. and if the king dies, then... Yeah. Yeah. His daughter will take the throne. Exactly. Now, we'll get back to why that <laughs> it doesn't ever like play out. Oh, or maybe it just maybe it just matters because of that stupid fucking bit later. Remember, with the our child would be the new king. Maybe it's they set it up for that. God, I hope not. I don't think. I mean, that doesn't. It also doesn't really make track, sense. Though. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, I, the point is like. Yeah, the, something gets set the off. The villain's plan does not seem to be relying on controlling the younger daughter. Like, mm-hmm. there's no, there's no explanation given for why the younger daughter Yumina, um, I guess the only daughter, right? Yeah. Why Yumina inheriting the throne would be good for him? Well, there's what the Duke said. He says in the carriage, he's like, uh, they'd likely pose as an advisor and manipulate her young mind, you know. Except yeah, then the like, main thing was like, then you know who did it. You're just like, oh, that dude's posing as an advisor and manipulating <laughs> her mind. Right. Also, there's at least three, maybe four other adults who she trusts more. Yeah, exactly. Who would, I mean, the Duke is the brother of the... Actually, <laughs> hold on. 
I think that the Duke being the brother of the king would mean that he would automatically become regent, right? Either him or the mom. One would think... We don't want to delve into the, the monarchy, the hierarchy of the monarchy here. Because I'm it's just saying, not it a doesn't make life. any fucking sense. No, it really super doesn't. That, that is worth saying. But that's pretty much the only thing worth saying about the, the intro sequence. Um, what I love is that from the first frame that we see Count Balsa... It, you could not think it wasn't him. <laughs> because they spend like half this episode acting like it's a big mystery who killed the king or who poisoned the king. And from the, the first frame is shot from below looking up at him, make, meant to make him look more ominous. The man looks indescribably disconcerting. He looks kind of like an Oompa Loompa. But just, like, with normal skin tone. It like, yeah, and if it just, like, like got old, you know? <laughs> yeah, like an old... <laughs> an Oompa Loompa it's like if old. Dr. Eggman had, like, two things of cotton candy stuck to his head. It's just <laughs> not... <laughs> it's he so looks like obvious Dr. Eggman he's a villain. Had a, had, a, had a little fling and then had a child and he was, like, going to take care of it. Then he took one look and he was like, nah, I'm doing robots. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, so the and the anxious music starts playing the second he's in frame, and they 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 provide a layer of like plausible deniability where they're just like Toya, this is Count Balsa. He's a he's a guy who's here. No, he's just a normal dude. And Count Balsa's like, hello, <laughs> hello, boy. What are you doing then, here? And then. Um, there's this, like, okay, Count Balsa is, he shows up and he immediately says, you know, oh, the king's gonna die, and it's clearly the beast man ambassador, right? The demi-human ambassador. beast woman feminism. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Fuck off. Uh, (laughs) It's clearly the demi-human ambassador, right? Mm Mm-hmm. That's what he says. Um, which, I mean, I'm just saying, like, the person who's pushing really hard to execute somebody is also, like, that's also just a sign, okay, of course he's the evil one. Yeah. If you think now, if, like, in And Then There Were Eight, like, they were all sitting around the table, and one person was just really kept pushing, like, I think he did it. And they're like, why? And he's like, oh, I don't know. It's just him. Uh, you know. It's probably him. Probably. Uh, <laughs> and then, like, when it wasn't him, they're just like, oh, darn. You know what? It was her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's her. Definitely her. <laughs> um, but I actually want to touch on something that Toya does. Okay, so yeah. clearly we're supposed to not like Count Balsa. He's rude to Toya, which is, I think, his principal sin. Um, <laughs> is that he doesn't immediately love Toya. It really is. And that's is. how we know that he's not a good person. That's how we know he's unforgivable. Now, there's some really unforgivable cases of immediate Toya-itis. I don't know. Well, yeah. But Max, Toya does something here, and I think you probably didn't even register it, uh-huh. but Toya casts Slip on him. Uh-huh, that's true. With no evidence. That's true. He casts <laughs> attack magic on a high-ranking noble. I mean... <laughs> Like, that's assault. Like, that's, that's no joke, dude. You're getting locked up for that. I mean, 
can't believe the dude didn't just turn around and be like, what the fuck? Right. <laughs> or Cal Balsa was like, whoa, whoa. arrest him. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. If Cal Balsa's such a dick, yeah, why wouldn't he just be like, arrest this boy, he just attacked me. And then when he accused him later, it's like, don't listen to him, he's an asshole. You right, know? yeah. And I mean, you could argue like, oh, it's I slipped, never so. thought about this. <laughs> Nobody has uh, any kind of like, you know, people don't know about it. It's no magic. It's rare, which I would buy, except that every time Slip is cast, there's a glowing magic circle that appears right underneath whoever it gets casted on. I think so, like, we're supposed to. I think we're supposed to assume that Count Balsa just didn't see that and like just thought he fell. <laughs> The other thing is, that's really dangerous and really a disproportionate reaction for a guy who just kind of didn't like you. <laughs> well, like, I didn't from a narrative perspective, uh-huh. we know, basically, that... So it's weird, because from a narrative uh-huh. perspective, it sets him up to, the, to be the villain, which is why we should be okay with Toya doing this, uh-huh. right? That's that we kind of know he did it. On the other hand, it also wants it to be a big shock later when it's revealed that Balsa was behind the poisoning. So, like, which one is it? Did Toya just immediately kind of know, and so, and we knew, and then that's why we we shouldn't feel bad about him dumping a dude down a flight of stairs? Are we supposed to be like, we know, but we pretend we don't know? Or, like, I I don't even know what the show wants of me. And that's, uh, that's what I'm saying. I mean, okay, so that's dramatic crazy. irony, right, is uh-huh. when the audience knows something and the characters don't know it. Uh-huh. But this isn't even that, because it's the audience knows it, kind of. All that's the signs so are there. And then Toya knows it, and then the other characters don't seem to know it. Uh-huh. So We're going to get into how Toya knows that also. That's... I, you know what, I, until you pointed out, I totally dismissed that moment with Slip, but you're right, there's so much there, like, just in that moment, like, both canonically and as your dumb English major shit said. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, like, you see what I'm saying? I don't know, I I totally do. It's not acceptable. It's super unacceptable. (laughs) On any level. It's not acceptable to the story or in the world. And the whole thing is just played as a gag, which is also not okay, because then they reuse that gag later when they've <laughs> actually caught him. He literally so literally like, slips him again. Why did we have this here? Wow. Oh my god. Because there, at least it makes sense. I feel like you've discovered something here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know how they say we never discover anything? You know, you've discovered something. <laughs> oh my god. I found I... out the, the secrets. Jesus. So, okay, now I want to talk about this in terms of the conspiracy. Okay, alright. Okay, so if we're doing this in terms of the conspiracy, right, then Count Balsa is in on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Definitely. This is a way that the, oh my god, okay, actually this is genius. Okay, hit me. So, the Duke realizes Toya is super powerful and at the very least has this recovery magic that's really powerful, Uh and also is starting to realize that there's this attack magic, right? Uh They orchestrate a poisoning Uh of the king. Yeah. Right? Uh And they realize that Toya is sympathetic towards demi-humans, right? So they set up this guy to be as 
just awful as possible. Uh-huh. Right? To give Toya... So that Toya yeah. goes, and they don't actually, like, poison the king with something that would kill him, but they know Toya can't tell the difference, right? He yeah. just has magic yeah. healing that just heals anything. So Toya comes, he heals the king, the whole thing, and then they they use this as an opportunity to get Toya's sympathies on their side. They pin it on Count Balsa, mm-hmm. who presumably they sent off later with, like, a nice pension for his yeah. service. God, it's like... And they... Go on, sorry, keep talking. And so it reveals more of Toya's abilities, right? They, mm-hmm. they find out about Search. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But more importantly, it provides an excuse for them to ally Toya, or basically try to marry their daughter to Toya. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, because your time is if they do together. that, then he, then they have complete control over mm-hmm. Toya's powers, right? At the very least, he's mm-hmm. totally tied to their country and can't go against them. Oh my god. Oh, that's top notch. And like, in that case, like, whoever Count Balsa actually is was actually taking a risk in taking on this assignment because there's a chance that Toya... You know, like, as he sent him down the flight of stairs, there's a chance that Toya would have done serious damage or killed him. And so, like, now I can just imagine this scene where he's actually, like, the most valorant, you know, like, kind of the kind of, like, I'll do it. It's all right. (laughs) It's why I do the job, you know? (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Count Balsa is actually, like, the spy master, right? Oh, my God. Or, like, one of the retired knights who's, you know. Spy master works, too, because it's like he's playing a role, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. He's one of he's one of the kingdom's like top spies, oh and God. he's <laughs> he's working to to try to like, draw weird. out. Toys I like buildings. yours better than mine was kind of similar, but it was like they they stage it being a poisoning to have Toya cure some long time illness of the kings. But oh, that was. But I don't think like I've thought that through, and I don't think it's as interesting as yours. I think yours is more I mean, interesting, and I also just love the idea of like. Every time Toya, like, you know, uses, like, search or slip in a room, like, after he leaves, that room is, like, left completely untouched. And then, like, many hours later, a team of experts scours it to try to determine more about the nature of his powers, you know? Like. Oh, my God. Okay, so this is the other thing. uh The original ploy was potentially, like, get Charlotte to investigate him. Yeah. But Toya didn't really seem interested in Charlotte. Yeah. Oh, my God. Right? Yeah. But Charlotte's also trying to work this angle to understand his power. So it's a it's a twofold assault, right? So Charlotte is the she's head the, mage. Yeah, she's high mage. She's, she's the mage for the um of the royal family. And so she's kind of and there's a scene with her and Toya yeah. where she's talking to him and she says, Oh, what other affinities do you have? And it's super sexually charged for no reason. <laughs> unless <laughs> Unless <laughs> she's trying to get at this, right? Oh my god. <laughs> Absolutely. And this is also like, maybe like, and they were like, they were even a little hesitant about bringing this guy, this, uh, with these immense powers, like into the, this just explains the presence of, remember there's that general who's there and I'm always like, who's that? General Leon. But like. Who looks exactly like, uh, Antoine de Coulette from Sonic. (laughs) There's a character named Antoine de Coulette in Sonic? Yeah, do you remember Antoine? Jesus Christ, dude, you can't just hit me with that. Who the fuck is Wait, me, Anton me... de Coulette? Do you not read the Sonic comics? <laughs> <laughs> Let me drop you a picture of Antron. Alright, I'll, 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 I'll try to describe to the listeners what it is I'm looking at. Come on. Here we go. You haven't, <laughs> you haven't seen this guy before? Alright. Wow, he really does. 
Okay, it's like a like a gopher person with like a mullet and a, in a military uniform, and I don't think there's any pants. I think it's just the top, like the vest. And uh, I can't believe you didn't read the Archie comics. And he's got a cutlass. <laughs> Anyways, that's what the general looks like. Yeah, I like that. Right, so the general. It's that's is, like security, right? Like it's they've concentrated the highest. Well, they've like, got the high power mage, that they have. The military the general and the spy master all in one place. And it's Victoria. Right. So in oh, case my. things go wrong, yeah. they can get the king out of there potentially. Or at yeah. least Yumina. Yeah, they don't want to like the, make yeah. him paranoid with too many guards or like too many, you know, average soldiers. Right. And as I mean, as we can see in this world, like one person has the strength of like a bunch of guards. Like, That's true. Yeah. We saw it with the with the Ten guards, where seven of them immediately died, and these were presumably like decent guards, yeah. as they were guarding the daughter of a duke. And they and died to lizard them, man. They died to lizard men, which Toya and crew just defeated without breaking a sweat. So, like, clearly numbers don't matter here. Right. It's about like quality. That's true. What an interesting change in dynamic from like real world quantity of individual sort of manpower. As, as the basic idea behind military strength to possession of, like, specific, unique individuals. Right. Like, having somebody with, say, four different affinities mm -hmm. is potentially better than having, like, a thousand soldiers. That's true. Oh, man. Gotta be cool if that was explored. <laughs> Uh, so, t anyways, we're back in reality, where it's where th this is, in fact, not what's going on in this story. <laughs> Rather, uh, where, to, where to begin on... So now we're in sort of the, the bedroom, right? Where he cures the king. Right. And uh, one sort of minor note is everyone acts like it's really, really tense. Um, it's, it's the exact same bullshit that we just... Had in two seconds two. ago, it feels almost identical to the scene where he cures the wife's blindness. And I don't care about any of these characters yet because we haven't been introduced to them. The only one I kind of care about is the Duke, who because his mustache looks like Zapdos, and I like that. But <laughs> I like that in a man. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I do, <laughs> but I, I don't care about anybody else. Oh yeah. Because we haven't been introduced to it's them. It's kind of weird that instead of him curing a character we know and kind of care about, they keep introducing new characters for him to cure. Right. I have, once we get through this, I have a way that I would rewrite this uh -huh. that would fix a lot of these problems. I gotcha. It, um, the thing that drives me craziest about this scene is just how everyone fucking falls in love with him immediately. In some cases, yeah. literally. And it, it just grated on me. It's just really, like, hardcore, you know, Gary Stu syndrome, where... It's rough. Where, and it, it's not even, I'm not even laughing, because it's not even, like, fun. Like, it's just like, oh, look, yeah, they all, they all love him. Wow, amazing. Um, I mean, sometimes I feel like I can enjoy kind of Gary Stu or sure, Mary Sue yeah. situations, right? If it's just like, oh, this person's totally overpowered. Uh, okay, I think I, I can enjoy an overpowered character. I can't enjoy a Mary Sue. I yeah. think that's the difference. I think that's the difference, too. Because if they're overpowered but kind of an asshole, like, I really fuck with that. <laughs> like, um, uh, there's a Sword Art Online abridged, uh -huh. the abridged version. 
does this perfectly, where it takes the original Sword Art Online, where Kirito is overpowered and also all these people fall in love with him, but then it just changes that he's an asshole to everybody, and people there's a few people who just tolerate him, and everybody else just thinks he's kind of a dick, and it fixes the story. Oh my god. Like, that is one of my favorite animes, because he's <laughs> such a dick to everybody. Dude, I'm pretty sure so you're describing funny. exactly why so many people watch Rick and Morty. Like, yeah, Rick is yeah, canonically exactly. a ridiculously overpowered character, but he's a huge asshole to everyone, and it's kind of interesting. Well, I watch it uh, yeah, okay. just because yep. <laughs> my IQ is... Yeah, why don't you finish so that? So, <laughs> ding-dang high. <laughs> Hey Max, do you ever uh, do you ever see the one where he turns himself okay. into a pickle? No, I've never seen that. Um, so the the God, back to I just have a sudden urge to talk about smartphone. Um, they I, okay. The also, thing, before we get back to smartphone, yeah. I just want to acknowledge that Count Balsa does sound like Count Balsack, it, it and really, his head looks like that, it really and does, that's and all that we need to say. And it needs to be acknowledged that it's objectively hilarious and very funny. It's right? very funny. Yep. That's all. Then we can carry on. <laughs> so, uh, the the thing, the one that grates on me, I mean, later on, the whole thing where they go, where they tell you, like, how fucking young the daughter of the king is and all that, then that one grosses me out more. But yeah. honestly, the thing with the official mage really kind of grossed me out, too. Um, first of all, I mean, first of all, just because this thing where everyone falls in love with him uh, is ridiculous. Sorry, where every unmarried attractive female character <laughs> falls in love with him immediately. Um, I'm trying to think if we've seen... Oh, maybe like the innkeeper. Oh, no, that's pretty much... No, she's married. Oh, yeah, you're right! You're right! Because there's the shogi scene. Yeah, that might be true. Yeah. The only person I can that's even kind of coming up is the woman who he taught how to make ice cream. But we don't actually yeah, know her status. we don't know, she doesn't matter <laughs> as a yeah. character. Um... So, but it's not just that, which is already, like, grates on you, but you're kind of almost used to it by now. It's the fact that, like, like, it's so unprofessional. I know, right? <laughs> like, this this is the high royal mage. Right after the king just got cured of a deadly poison, and she's like, mm, I think... Now I'm gonna do my flirting. <laughs> now, now I'm gonna, I'm gonna try the, to flirt with this guy. You know? Yeah. Like, Who's 15. Also, yeah, he is 15. Like, that is gross, lady. Yeah. It's a bit less gross for, like, um, Elise and uh, Lynn. Yeah, there's like. Right? Because they're the same age. Exactly. Why did they start out and, like, okay and just take us into all the worst territory? Um, Were they trying to ease us scene in? anime? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, it really struck me the the unprofessionalism of the high mage here, and also we never. Can really... I tell you what I hated about these scenes? Yeah, I hated the blushing. Oh yeah, there was constant. Uh, just go on. Yeah, this is your bit. Just everybody's toy is blushing. Human is blushing. They're all blushing before the they say mage. things that are just not okay or. And it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I don't know. I'm trying to see if there was um, anything the mage said that was so not okay that I wrote it down. When things are like... No, it's, just, it's mainly just the way that she was talking. Yeah, it's, it is the way just to like, I'd love to see what other affinities you have. Like, right. There was no question, by the way, if anyone's wondering. There was 
they they made sure to emphasize that there was no question. So also the the daughter of the king has the dumb anime different color eye thing. Heterochromia. Yeah. And yeah, and the in universe reason is that she has what is it? Myst- um, it was like mystic it was eyes of intuition. Like mystic eyes. Yeah, the mystic eyes of intuition yeah. that let her see somebody's true character, which is later why when she says, "I want to marry Toya," the parents are just like, "Yup." <laughs> oh, what random dude who you know doesn't have? He isn't a noble. He doesn't have any land. <laughs> All he has is like good magic power. This again, it only makes sense if the parents are deliberately setting this exactly. up so that they can control him. Yeah, no, it's true. I do want to go back into stupid land for two yeah. seconds and Let's say get to the like dinner party. the uh, or not the dinner party the what mystery. Yeah, um, the thing that the, the Toya says the first reasonable thing he's ever said, which is where <laughs> he says, "Are you sure you met me two hours ago?" Like that is just true. Yeah, you know, he's the voice of reason in this part. Which, which disturbs is, me deeply. Yeah. <laughs> it's also, again, we're doing that awful trope of unwilling harem where yeah. he's like, I don't really want uh, this. I don't want a 12-year-old. And then, But he he's going to end up with her in his harem anyways. That's, and it's just like, no. That's, the, not? that's the way it goes. Oh. Oh my god, yeah, there was one line which was so not okay that I wrote it down. Oh yeah. Which is where the daughter of the king asks him, do you dislike those younger than you? And it, I like retched a little. Like, it was just such a <laughs> gross scene. Not, I did not like that one either, no. Oh, and uh, moving on, moving rapidly on to the next scene. Okay, so now mm-hmm. we're on to dumb Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> Alright? Yes. So... First of all, a former stupid Chekhov's gun. I'm going to stop labeling everything this way. It gets kind of samey. A former right. stupid Chekhov's gun pays off. Remember that opening scene where he helps the, the furry girl find her dumb furry sister? Yeah, opening scene of last episode. Yeah, of last episode. Turns out she's the ambassador. Great. Cool. And, Why wouldn't she be? Uh, in case we haven't clarified already, she's the one accused of killing the king. Apparently just by Balsa, who's just like, yeah, I think it was her. I. <laughs> it's because she poured the wine right, for the king. Because, but like that Which, really... why would you let the ambassador. the ambassador from another country pour the wine for the That's... king? Why wouldn't you have a servant do it? Such a good question. A, it's a security risk. And B, they're the ambassador. Like, you treat them right. Like... Yeah, they're probably also a noble. She's probably a noble, right? Yeah. In her own country. Exactly. So you so, don't fucking make her pour wine. Is this some kind of like racism against beast people thing? Except the only person who seems to be doing that is Count Balsa. All right. So <laughs> I don't know, man. It's Anyways, Toya goes into the room <laughs> and he says, search for poison. <laughs> and he finds poison <laughs> and then he says all right bring everybody into the room oh and get count balsa also it's like what he's not in everyone yeah i mean <laughs> so i they bring them all into the room and toya proceeds to act like sherlock holmes it, and it's unbelievable the worst part is it takes 
so long. He spent maybe two minutes at most in that room catching search for poison. And now he does the, they really wanted to jump straight to the big, you know, the scene at the end of the movie where the detective reveals all the pieces and how they fit together. Right. Except they went straight to that with no mystery in between. And he addressed pieces of evidence that hadn't been given to us as the viewer. Remember when he talks about like when the, when the wine was poured, the king was sitting here and then collapsed here. And we didn't know that until he said it then. Yeah, I mean, it's the problem with the Sherlock TV series. It's that same <laughs> issue of they want to make the main character seem so smart, so they have them solve the mystery, um, but they don't give the audience enough clues to solve it. You yeah. Know, if you're, the problem is if you're Sherlock Holmes and you're sitting there watching it, you wouldn't be able to solve it because you didn't get enough clues, which is entirely antithetical to the to, original. To the original and to the whole premise of mystery <laughs> stories, in my mind. Yeah, um, I get you. But can I tell? Can I reveal the big twist? <laughs> yeah. The big twist of how how this poisoning occurred. Before you do, I just want to say that the way they wanted to jump straight to the big detective reveals all scene without doing any of the work, it's really a metaphor for every single plot device <laughs> in the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, it's a, it's a metaphor for this entire thing. Absolutely. <laughs> Anyways, yes, the big reveal. We didn't even tell um, you in the summary because we wanted you to get your <laughs> get excited. The big reveal was that the poison was not, in fact, in the wine. It was in the wine glass. <gasps> now, I don't know how casting search for poison, which would tell you that there was poison in the residue of where the wine had been, which could have been from the glass or from the wine itself. Like, I don't know how the search for poison would, yeah. would actually even tell you that. Even if you found poison in there, yeah, what, couldn't it just be left right. behind from the wine? Exactly. Or did you find it on the lip? Then, I don't know, maybe... maybe uh, there's ways it could have been salvaged, uh, but it was not. And it, it's... It's just... No, Max. Yeah? Let me tell you something. Tell me a little something. I got the fix for this whole thing. Yeah? You're, All right? you're really selling this, so you must have something. I got something good that fixes a lot of these oh, problems. Fuck. All right, hit me. So, Toya saved the Duke's wife's vision. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. The king says, you saved my uh, brother's wife's vision yeah. and, you know, done this great service to our nation. Why don't you come to this dinner party that I'm having? Uh -huh. Right? Okay. Who's at the dinner party? Well, it's the ambassador, it's Balsa, uh -huh. it's the king, and we get to see in real time this dinner party. We get introduced to these characters. Then we can also meet General oh, Leon, we can meet Charlotte. Everybody that was there, we meet beforehand. Wow. And then we're kind of thinking any of these people could be suspects. Huh, we right. also make Count Balsa not look like a shaved nutsack. <laughs> we make him not act how he acts. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, so Dylan! Then, then we see, we can actually watch, which the show doesn't seem to like us watching things, which is weird for an animated show, but we could watch the king actually sit down and, like, watch her pour the wine, and then he drinks it, and then she gets arrested, and then it's like, Toya, because he knew her beforehand, he's thinking, he's I think she might be innocent. Yeah. 
everybody else is willing to blame her. Yeah, they're just like, right? oh, wow, what the fuck? And then we'd also maybe have to nerf some other stuff so that Toya couldn't immediately cure the king. <laughs> um, but Now we're getting into further reaching fixes. Yeah, but the, even even if we have the Toya immediately kill the or, <laughs> immediately kill the king. <laughs> no. Again, a much better show if he was just like doing Regis side left and right. Um But then you see how this whole thing oh, comes yeah, together? It, it's, and then it's like I mean it's kind of a classic, right? Like the big the big dinner party is a classic opening to a, a murder mystery. Right? Yeah. And there's a reason. Um, because we get introduced to a bunch of characters and we get, you know, our sights set on all of them. Right, and I'm not saying this would be, like, an original thing, but they're already doing the dinner party murder mystery, yeah. so let's just do well, it I'm right. totally on board. Absolutely. In <laughs> fact, you could even make, like, you could even make it, like, you could just do something more interesting with Count Balsa. Like, you could make it look like right. he's really this asshole, but make him a red herring, which, again, is not clever, but it's it's something, you know? Like, it's something It would have kept me engaged. Yeah. It would have made me really intrigued, and I would be like, oh, who actually did it? Whose motives does this support? Yeah, exactly. um, it's Which, again, a good mystery is all about the character's motives, which is a perfect segue <laughs> into how Balsa has no real motives, except maybe he's racist. <laughs> no, you keep forgetting. He wants to be an advisor to, uh, what's her face, Yamina? Yamina. He wants to, Yumina. Yumina. Yumina? Yeah. Alright. <laughs> he wants to be an advisor to Yumina and manipulate... Ooh. <laughs> you forgot. Do we know that? <laughs> I think... No, we don't. <laughs> I, like, I'm just going addressed. off what the Duke said in the carriage ride on the way there. <laughs> the, Duke, the Duke suggested one reason one person might want know, to poison the I know, I know. I just... Dylan, allow me to grasp at my straws. <laughs> I'm just saying, the only thing that Balsa ever suggests is that he hates, like, demi-humans yeah. and wants to worsen relationship, or the relations with that country. And so, you're telling me that your best way of worsening relationships with the Beastmen country was assassinating the king of your own country? I'm just saying it doesn't, it doesn't makes sense it's really it's there has to be something else going on no i you know the reason i didn't think about this but not in the way that like it didn't occur to me i just like didn't feel like it was worth the mental effort like i was just like god he has no reason to do this whatever our whole podcast is predicated on us taking (laughs) mental effort for things that are absolutely not worth the mental effort you you got a good point there Man, am I going to have an existential crisis tonight? Uh, <laughs> the um, oh god, and there's okay, another unfor- there's that. another one of the unforgivable lines in there. The the, uh-huh. the thing about this one was that it's played as like a like a joke. It's where he presents the wine and he goes, "Oh, I'm a minor, so I can't drink this, but Count Balsa can help me." And then the fucking <laughs> princess goes, "What's a minor?" And like tilts her head and puts her finger on her fucking chin. It, and I said it in a mocking voice because to say it in a serious one would, like, disgust me. <laughs> like, it was, the way she said it was so loaded down with stuff, even though presumably, like, she actually doesn't know. I don't know. I just, I hated it a lot. 
the morality of this show is complicated and somewhat self-contradictory. It's it really and it and it's the fact that like I don't know, it's just a weird, such a weird fucking thing to play as a bit. Like yeah, and obviously, as with all the bits in this show, it was oh haha, very funny. But like this show has bits. <laughs> <laughs> this show has a comedy. Dude, have you not noticed this? funny <laughs> oh yeah and he makes balsa slip again just like and then everyone loves him even more afterwards and that's pretty much yeah. all that happens in the end there except that she wants to marry him now oh my god i i have another one of the lines except this one okay, I just, it. it's just like stupid it's where he's going like i can't get married i'm like 15 and the king goes i was betrothed to you know my wife was sitting next to him at 14 I only wish we'd done it sooner. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so what the fuck does that mean, huh? Yeah. The, he just likes, he loves his wife. The, not. <laughs> that's clearly what we're supposed to take away. Like, that's not played as a bit. That's played as like, I just love my wife. But I'm sorry if you're such a boomer that you can't understand somebody loving their wife. I think we can agree that this is pretty unacceptable. Okay, I want to talk about the next part. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Because this is the only good part in this whole episode, and one of the best parts in the this whole show. This might be the best scene in the whole show. Well, the, there's also the bike scene. Oh, fuck, I forgot. Alright, fine. So, <laughs> he's lying in his room, and... You probably forgot that he had a smartphone. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't come up in a while. And don't worry, he's lying like all miserable because the the princess wants to marry him. You know? Right. Which, okay, putting aside the fact that she's 12, it's kind of good for him to marry a princess. Marry into power. A little bit. Like, you marry into power. And like in I don't know. times, they did a bunch of fucked up weird marriages to marry into power, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, among nobility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, among nobility. Admittedly, um, not with, like, an outsider like Toya, but we, we're past that. But, you know, it, again, magic power kind of makes up for noble status. I think we've seen that mm-hmm. in this. Um, so Toya's on the phone, or the phone rings, and he answers it, and he says, Sup, God? <laughs> in that tone. And it's incredible. And they proceed to have this conversation, and it's very short, um... And this is what I mean about the morals being conflicted, because God says, like, uh, well, yeah, you can't go and marry a 12-year-old. That would be awful. Um, <laughs> he, and he makes says, a joke out of it. He's like, wouldn't want you to go to a special place in hell. <laughs> and, and the toy says, are you sure you aren't literally the devil? And God says, wouldn't want to do that job too hot. <laughs> <laughs> Can I and it's, commend the voice actors for this scene? My God. It's so good. It's really, really good. I don't know if the, I don't think the show itself intended the effect of this scene, but I think the voice actors must have. Because it is yeah, hilarious. They, they really brought this to life. Just how mundane and exasperated Toya sounds talking to God. <laughs> and how God is just so flippant about like, yeah, make sure you don't go to hell. <laughs> Uh, and he um, closes the conversation with, does God close it or does Toya close it with later? <laughs> God closes it with later. God closes the conversation with later. 
and just um wow just i really it's beautiful really i'm really a huge fan of that i if you i don't know if this scene is on youtube anywhere but if you can find it please watch it for yourself it is it is 100 percent worth it i don't know what you'd even google to find it (laughs) i think you just watch this and you get the best parts of this show (laughs) and you save yourself a lot of trouble exactly exactly and the best parts are like one and a half parts. Yeah. And the one is it, this, so <laughs> we just peaked, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yep. So then they're all in the, the the place where they're always sitting, you know, that table in the, the hotel, you know. Mm-hmm. It's I I've um I like to refer to this kind of scene as a circle scene. Uh-huh. Uh, which is a term that originated when I was watching Darling and the Franks uh-huh. with a friend. Um, which, don't worry about what that is. I Max, won't. It's not good. I think you'd actually hate a lot of it. <laughs> um, but uh, some of it's decent. But they had these scenes where they would just sit around in a circle for five minutes talking about things that you already knew. Uh-huh. And I think that concept just carries right it over really, to this it one. It carries over to a lot of things, honestly. But especially does, yeah. here. Um, yeah. This is yeah. You may have noticed we keep bringing up. They keep going back and like sitting at this restaurant in the hotel? Question mark. Uh, it's never except ostensibly it's like a different hotel than yeah. the one that they were at when they were in the other town because now they're in the capital. Uh-huh. But it does not look different. Yeah, you can't visually distinguish them. Like it's just not possible. <laughs> you can train a neural net for eight billion years. <laughs> And it would be like, that's the same room! <laughs> um, yeah, they sit around. This scene doesn't have much. Um, they do that stupid no. synced up thing where they all say a thing at the same time that I don't like from anime. And it's about like her calling him Darling or something stupid like that. Yeah, and... also another connection to Darling and the Franks. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> so <dumb. laughs> it's not... Oh no! In in Darling and the Franks, she she it's called that because she's always saying "darling" to him. Ah, so okay. It's really. I, I'm glad time. I knew that, so I could be in on that. <laughs> so, um, the only the only other thing we learn in this scene is that a child of Toya and Yumina would take the throne, which is not surprising. No, that's how it would work. <laughs> um, but they they make it a we big find out. For some reason, Yumina is a magical archer. Yeah. Um, so that's cool, I guess. Just another person who has... And that she has, like, lightning They just needed another affinity, for the team. Which I didn't even know that lightning affinity was a thing. I don't think it was one of them. Maybe it gets lumped in with light. Yeah, it must But it's be. not fire, because that's a different thing, so... No, I, I, assumed, I, think, it, I assumed it was lumped in huh. with light, but they might have just introduced a new one. But I thought that light was... Like healing magic and buffs. I mean, I guess... sure, but you know, come on. Unclear. <laughs> don't, don't be an idiot. <laughs> yeah, you got me. Uh, we're introduced to the concept of summoning. Oh yeah. Which um, Yumina also does. She summons five wolves mm-hmm. who run into the forest and then proceed to run out of the forest, being chased by a bunch of apes. So I don't know why the fuck you would summon them if all they do is just bring monsters towards you and don't even fight. I hate to contradict but, you here, but wasn't that the point? Wasn't she like, they'll draw them oh, out? Oh, was it just to draw them out? Yeah. 
Okay, sure. <laughs> I still don't get why they didn't fight at all, or why you would summon five yeah, wolves no, I don't if know. that was the it's point. It's hard to say. Maybe she can only do wolves. She's like... That's and maybe only in units of five. <laughs> the other thing I want to say, because it's not... Okay, two things about this. Only summon prime they cast more dump spells. <laughs> um, Yumina is, for whatever reason, wearing an outfit that matches the ones of... Um, Elise and Lynn. This and there's so no much. explanation given for this. It it drives me crazy because they just had those outfits beforehand. So why would she also have that? Like from a narrative perspective, it's clearly to just make her like fit in with the rest of the harem. And they they all have like slight variances, but they're all in the same color scheme with the same general design. And it just doesn't make sense that the princess of a country would just happen to be wearing the same clothes as these other two. The last thing I want to say is that they're fighting these big generic eight monsters, and it's all the fights are awful, except Toya does cast a big slip <laughs> this time, and I thought that was funny. Big slip. Yeah, that did get me. I, I, I didn't notice it on my first watch through. How could I have missed big slip? What if it's just like, oh, that I mean, did... I don't know why... What? I don't know why slip didn't work. I don't know why that would be a separate null magic spell. <laughs> There was the one guy who was born with slip, and he's just like, oh, I wish I'd been that guy. <laughs> Over at the big slip guy. <laughs> you think that who, who was born with slip was like, he was just like sliding around everywhere, and he was like, like coolest guy thought time. he was like such a hot shot, and then one day he met big <laughs> slip, and it just like... <laughs> and like a buddy cop <laughs> movie him. ensues where they have to learn to get along to solve a mystery. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. And the mystery is solved in, like, a minute, but they take 20 minutes of screen time. <laughs> oh. Solve the judicious application of slip. Oh, that's all a vicious cycle, Dylan. We're here to suffer. <laughs> oh, we're then... Given, given that Toya basically solves every problem with slip, I don't understand why that isn't just the premise of the show. Would it be a slip? Yeah, it'd be sick. <laughs> yeah. I want to see a show about a guy with slip. Hell yeah. Uh. Oh, and don't forget, so there's, of course, one more scene worth addressing, kind of. Only worth addressing because it sets up the tiger. Um, so later on, after they fight the magic gorillas, um, Yumina is teaching him summoning. And he, on a, you know, it should come as no surprise at this point that on his first time, he summons like a tiger god. Um, and yeah, it's the, it's the most powerful beast that is out yeah. there. It's a heavenly beast. Heavenly beast, exactly. It's a white monarch. And then it's like... Uh, oh, whoa. Hey, Max. He summons the white monarch. Is this a metaphor for colonialism? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> What's he gonna summon that? <laughs> um, but the... He also, he names it White Tiger. He names it uh, Kotaku, uh, after the famous video gaming company. <laughs> and it proceeds to uh, talk about why uh, Breath of the Wild is like Dark Souls. <laughs> That's the end of the episode. Okay, and I, <laughs> I, I do want to take a moment to talk about one of my favorite phenomenon in this whole show. It's the fact that this tiger, every time she is drawn in frame... Uh, as like the tiger form, her head is drawn differently and usually the body, but always for the head. The head has like a noticeably different shape 
in every like scene that is differentiated from uh, others. Sometimes in the same scene, like they animate it moving, and you're like, "That's a new head," you know? It's like, <laughs> and sometimes it does, in fact, look like a tiger. Sometimes, you know. And sometimes it really does sometimes not. And sometimes things... it looks like the head is just kind of floating there, and there's no neck. It's it's so bizarre. I just listen. I can forgive drawing a tiger shittily. I just can't forgive right. drawing it shittily differently every time. <laughs> that is not that is not something I can just accept. Yeah, it's and then they, they actually actually so strange that it wouldn't just have one head shape. They also don't animate its mouth moving no. even though it talks. Um, except when later he tames it and it's in its like chibi form, uh-huh. then they do. Yeah, but I think. I think they kind of, my guess is they were having a lot of problems with making the head look good anyways, yeah. and then they started trying to add, like, lip flaps and on that, like, and uh-oh. it just, like... They're like, you know what? <laughs> oh, no. just, let's keep this simple. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Can you think how, in our alternate conspiracy version of the show, can you think how terrified this must have made all the respective factions when, like, his first time right. out, he summons the heavenly tiger, and they're like, oh my god. Yumina's just thinking, like, I fucked up so <laughs> like, bad by showing him that summoning exists. Like, why did I, like, why did I teach him this, my god? This is gonna make it so much harder to control him. Exactly, he's got, like, a sentient, powerful companion now bound to protect him. Like, that could potentially see that other people are manipulating exactly, him. Exactly, that's what I'm saying, like, he's never had oh someone my god, else, on, yeah. like, you know, on his side. Oh my god. Um, okay. Two other things about this scene. Yeah. One, there was a moment that made me laugh. Which, which uh, one? It's where uh, Kohaku says, I'll devour you. Basically, if you don't have enough magical power, I'll devour you. And Toya <laughs> just <laughs> is a continual state of like not being able to care about anything <laughs> and just never being flustered. He just goes, Could you not? <laughs> I love it. And I thought that was good. It's really every once in a while, Toya is a gem. Every once in a blue moon, he pops out one of these like, could you not do that? Like, come on. Sup, God. (laughs) Sup, God. It's so exasperated when he says it. It's more like, like, sup, God. Yeah. Sup, God. (laughs) That's how I want every prayer to start. The last, I think this is genuinely the last thing I want to say, which is that this, for the first time, introduces the idea of magical power. That's true. Like, before this, we had no concept of mana. We kind of had the idea that Toyo was, like, kind of strong because he shot a lot of water out with the gems. But, like, it's very unclear. And this, for the first time, shows that, oh, it's not just that he has all the affinities. And it's not just that he has the reactions, and it's not just that he has all the null magic, and it's not just that he's best friends with the king. He also does have a higher power level exactly. than anybody else ever. So without meaning to, they've just given him another thing. Like, we, we've shown there is a tangible, measurable power level to casters in this world. And, of course, that Toya has, like, 80 million of it or something. Do you think God... Like tried to give him one ability and just like accidentally hit select all. I think it's that comic <laughs> with the with 
could just add like a few power. Oops. Oh, whatever. <laughs> he spilled the tea that he was drinking on the laptop and it looks short circuited back. Wow. <laughs> Yo, if it's this oh, wow. universe's god, that, I can totally see that happening. Uh, that tracks, doesn't it? <laughs> it really... Like, we already established he's not infallible because he dropped a meteorite on a guy. <laughs> a lightning bolt, you stupid idiot. Oh, was it there a lightning, was a lightning bolt? bolt? He was like, I was throwing some lightning around, and I just, oh, <laughs> That's I, right. Yeah, I, sometimes these things are slippery, you know. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Alright, this, despite how the, God, despite how the uh, detective episode just tortures me, that scene talking with God makes this episode for me, and I think I can say safely that this is my favorite episode of the whole show. Uh... It's definitely up there for me. I, I don't know if maybe we're going to rewatch a later episode and I'm going to be like, oh, fuck. Damn, I, I forgot about when this happens, you know? But uh, I'm trying to remember, because he fights a dragon later. Mm-hmm. But that, And I'm trying to remember anything about that scene. No, just, and all I can remember is Arya Ferretta. Exactly. I can't, it's like completely also, I also, every time I think of the toy I'm fighting the dragon scene, I go back to the... like permanently overwritten every dragon fight like i'm i'm gonna be like i'm gonna be watching harry potter like, the goblet of fire like, he's gonna um and remember in skyrim okay hold on this when is you run this out is of white like and, and you fight the first dragon and it <laughs> i we, we have to get to We Ari will get Freta to Ari Ferretta, absolutely. Because there's plenty to go over in Ari Ferretta. Yeah. And we also, and Freta, I absolutely will not spoil what is so special about this scene with the dragon. Uh, I do I just want to build it up. I want people to be... Because I want, I want to build it up. up as much as possible, and nobody's, still nobody's going to be ready exactly. for it. <laughs> no, no one will be prepared um, for what happens. You could like, oh, look man, it up but, and see it, and you'd be like, okay. that's a lie. Like, Dear viewer, visualize the worst thing that you could imagine happening in the scene, and it's worse than that. <laughs> but Ari Ferretta also has the virtue of, despite kind of being a train wreck in a lot of places, the sometimes. English dub is really funny. Yeah, and also just the so, times when uh, the times when the main character doesn't care are really yeah. good. Or it's, it's actually very quality, except a lot of the time when it's not. Yeah. But it. Has better than this few, show, which is, yeah, which has clothes. like two minutes of redeeming content, <laughs> and that was not even probably intended. And like I'm kind of okay, it really wasn't. And I'm like kind of okay with the bike scene. <laughs> I like the bike scene. Bike scene's pretty alright. So I we'll hopefully too. get to that uh, very soon. Thank you for listening. There was so much to talk about this time, and I promise it, it only it only, it only gets more from here on out. Don't go out and watch <laughs> this show. Just it. Just listen it's to much us safer talk to about listen it to us talk for three about times the one for <laughs> four times as long as the show actually is. <laughs> Trust me, it's still it's still a worthwhile show. <laughs> and oh, uh, on that note, love you all. Hope you're staying safe. Uh, remember the today is sponsored by the the term gross incompetence. That's gross incompetence. <laughs> and uh, see you later. Frankly, just stop recording.